Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Infinite Boost Podcast. As you can see, this is a long one and it has nothing to do with this intro, so I really want to just hop right into it because it was a great addition to the catalog of this podcast as a whole. But before we do that, I would just like to say that uh, I do have a Patreon set up and for just $1, you can get the episodes a day early on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. And I am going to be posting a lot on that site, whether it's training packs or things that I've been working on, things like that. Uh, for just a dollar, you can get access to all of those things. It is not necessary, though it is greatly appreciated. You can start and stop at any time. So if you don't feel like you're getting any extra added value out of the Patreon site, then you can stop and I completely understand that. But if you feel like you have enjoyed the podcast and would like a way to support me, uh, that is definitely the best way to do it. With that out of the way, I want to get right into this episode. Just like I said, Woody was a phenomenal guest. Not at all what I expected when I decided to ask him if he wanted to be on the show. I hope I know that you guys will enjoy this episode. And please let me know. I mentioned this in the show. Please let me know about how you feel about these episodes getting a little bit longer. I don't mind it, especially when the conversations are rolling, but... Do you like it when they go long? Do you prefer them to be an hour? Should I release them as two episodes? What do you guys think? Let me know uh, whether that's on the Discord or on Twitter or wherever you can find me. Just let me know. I really am interested in your feedback. Thanks to Woody for joining me for this episode. Let's get going because this episode was just so good. Okay, here we go. Well, this uh, this guest of mine needs no introduction. Uh <laughs> You could say that he has made enough of an explosive entrance onto the scene as a Rocket League uh, community member and content creator. Um, and this, this, this particular episode means a lot to me. And I will be extremely honest and transparent with you on this. Um, because when I initially uh, became familiar with you, Woody... Um, and kind of the things that you would share on Twitter and just how you play the game was extremely frustrating to me. <laughs> <laughs> it aggravated me. And then it, it, I watched, I watched the video on YouTube that you did with widow that interview. Um, so I'm not going to get into like, Oh, why did you get into them? And we might talk a little bit about it, but if you want to hear like more in depth about that, uh, go check out that video because widow deserves the views as well. Anyways. Um, but somebody that seemed to get so much joy, uh, out of the frustration of others, uh, it, it honestly irked me, um, a little bit and it was frustrating. And I was like, that's a guy that I never want to have on the show <laughs> that, that just makes me mad. And then, you know, I grew up a little bit, I became an adult and I said, no, I, I want to open my eyes to other perceptions. And then you actually, uh, responded and, and. Uh, agreed to be on the show. And then I just watched the video that you did with Widow. And um, the thing that I find most interesting is how uh, how reserved you come across as a person and yet how aggressive you play <laughs> as a Rocket League player. Um, you know, if I just met you in person, I wouldn't be like this guy. You act nothing like you play. Um, so I'm glad that I uh, didn't hold my judge hold to my judgments too strongly. 
and it's just a good lesson of don't judge a book by its cover or something to that nature. But anyways, Woody, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where uh, this conversation takes us over the next hour or so. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's actually something that pops up in my comment section all the time and what people will say, like when I'm streaming a lot is uh, like how, I don't know, calm and reserved. And uh, I think it just comes with like a lot of people expect me to be younger with like the play style and like they consider it like trolling a lot of people. But I'm 27 and it's just chilling out playing a video game. <laughs> it just so happens that it gets all the reactions. So yeah. it was it was like, OK, well, these are funny. I might as well post them. I think it's funny. I th I think it's funny that um, like you just you call it relaxing and playing a video game I know. and your yeah. play style is i mean so it's it's interesting because to you that's just your play style but yeah it's it's just normal for me but it's yes it's very different for anybody to see it or like, to see it and yeah. experience it it is so chaotic uh it's so like fast paced and go, 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 that it does not seem it's like you're <laughs> relaxing relaxed. at all. Like yeah. I imagine like you I'm hunched like, over. Yeah. yeah. Like you are <laughs> like up at the front of your chair, like your controller is just like white knuckle the whole way. And you're just like jamming, going, going, yeah. going. Like you never let go of the accelerator. It's crazy. Uh, but it's actually I uncomfortable mean, now that you... for me to lean forward. Uh -huh. I'm usually leaning back. I'm usually yeah. kind of slouched a little bit when I'm playing. <laughs> and that, that just blows, that just, that really blows my mind. Um, cause are you familiar with, um, ballchasing.com at all the website? Yeah, I have actually, like I switched to PC, uh, around like November, December, 2019. And I, mm -hmm. auto, like the first thing I did was, uh, I, uh, use the Bacchus mod plugin for auto upload everything. So mm -hmm. I actually have almost all my replays ever from PC on ball chasing and you can go to my ball chasing page and it will show like 80 or 90,000 demos on there yeah. on PC. I yeah. just, and I remember now seeing I, cause on the graphic interface that you can use with Bacchus mod, it has a tab for all the patrons. And I think, that you're yeah yeah you support them on no, that makes sense okay yeah. so and i think you support like i noticed one of your replays because i had the pleasure maybe two or three weeks ago of queuing into one of your games for the first time really um yeah so you were playing with <laughs> you were playing with flow actually um flow flow state oh yeah yeah yeah. He hit me up like late one night. That was super late. Yeah. Um I I queued into you guys uh and, and like right off the bat I knew it was you because within the first 15 seconds you demoed somebody. <laughs> uh like you weren't paying attention to the ball at all. Um Yeah, he actually called me up to try and get reactions. He needed like a reaction or two out of somebody for a video just for like a little clip and I was like, "Okay, yeah. we it'll probably only take like 3 games or so." Yeah. <laughs> um, so I knew immediately. And at the end of that video, I noticed, or at the end of that game, I noticed that it was just the two of you. Um, so I was like, pick me up, let's go. I want to play some games. Uh, and, um, unfortunately you guys had left really quick, but he was like, oh, and that's, 
that's a Woody, by the way. And I was like, <laughs> I know I didn't recognize the car immediately. And you got 12 my, my demos. Name, my name might have been changed. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. Because it was yeah. an epic account. So I think it was okay, a different yeah. account. Um, you had 12 demos and nine of them were on me. Um, <laughs> and I was like, duh. Like <laughs> this has to be oh, him. <laughs> yeah. How could it not be him? So I think one thing that is really interesting um, for me, and I, if you want to like elaborate on this a little bit, um, when you, so you notice the demo leaderboard when you first switched to PC or you started playing the game and then that kind of became your motivation, not necessarily motivation, but uh, that was just kind of the thing that you focused on when you really started playing the game more was the the demo leaderboard and yeah, kind of I, what led you to where you are now. Yeah, I started playing the game uh, like, I want to say late 2017. Like, I haven't actually been playing the game that long. I came in around season eight on Xbox and uh, basically played for about a year and a half on Xbox really casually really casually. And, uh, I can't remember what it was. I, I just kind of decided I wanted to like try and be involved in the community more. I didn't even like realize like I was, I was not, uh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know what discord was until the spring of 2018 How about that. Like, <laughs> so like I was, I was extremely late to Wait, like, so a lot of the scene. Were you like much of a gamer at all before that? Yeah, I was, I just never got involved in anything. Like I played okay. a lot of Call of Duty. Like so, I it was just like more on your own. Yeah, it was, uh, or like a lot of friends that I like already knew. I just never like got involved with the uh, communities outside of that. And you would do it just like through Xbox, so there was like yep. no need for Discord or something. Okay, exactly. Yeah, uh, and then I kind of decided that I wanted to get involved with the like Rocket League community more. I just found people, and uh, that's what somehow one day I I think I like watched a video of sledges or i had talked to sledge or something like that on twitter maybe and uh i decided to check my demo count randomly it was october of 2019 and i checked my demo count and it was like right around thirteen thousand. and i was like is that a lot i don't know like because i, I had like eleven thousand games so it actually like the ratio wasn't anywhere near what it is now it was almost one to one <laughs> where right now, now it's like eight to one, seven to one, eight to one. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that led me to look up the demo leaderboard. And I, I realized that like having over 10,000 was actually like a good amount. So I guess I just always kind of been slightly more demo heavy, but one, a game still doesn't, you know, like now, especially seems very low to me, but uh, yeah, that led me to look up the demo leaderboard and I decided that, well, this could be fun to just try and climb. It was more just like a very casual. And then it turned into like, I could actually like really do something with this. And I like started really enjoying demoing and I got really good at it. I think that was the, that was the aspect that kept me going was like, I actually got really good at it and I was able to like go all the way up into grand champ and still pull off seven or eight a game. And that's what, that was a big motivator. And I, I think that is the interesting part about Rocket League in general is I think that you, I, my assumption, and I would be, I would love to hear your perspective on this, 
is that you throw people off so much that it allow it gives you an advantage that you wouldn't normally have on an opponent. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing to try and keep in perspective with Rocket League especially because it's still a young game, like it's still evolving and changing uh is that you you get all this coaching or any kind of like uh educational content on YouTube that just drive in like one specific way that you should play. This is the way you need to rotate. This is the way you need to play. This is what you need to practice on. This is where you need to position. And uh, like when you don't play like that, like it just not playing like that in general throws people off. Like say someone just challenging constantly, like that can throw people off. But then, yeah, you, you start with like just constant explosions all over the place. People get frustrated. They can't play. They start putting themselves out of position. It just changes the whole aspect of the lobby and how people, how everybody plays, your teammates included. So how would you call Would you consider yourself a competitive person? Yes, I, I am like a fairly casual player, like, but I'm, I'm competitive in nature as a person. So like, I, I still want to win. Like I, I really only play ranked like, uh, I've actually like on ball chasing, you can go check and like filter my ranked replays and my casual out of the 11,000 plus replays I have on there. Less than a thousand are casual. So I so like you hard... really play a lot of, uh, I, I really only play ranked and most of them are ranked twos. How do, how do people react to you in twos games? Like, do you solo queue a lot or do you mostly yeah, play with other I'm people? I'm mostly solo queue. <laughs> Which which makes it uh, difficult. And you still just play teammates. the way that you play. Yep. There, there's a little bit of adapting. Sometimes I have to back off a little bit in twos, just because like uh, like you'll figure out your teammate's really solid at one thing, or maybe he's not so solid. Maybe he can't really like he gets flustered if he has a two v one situation. Maybe if I miss a demo, because it's all high risk, high reward. But yeah, sure. I, I solo queue and I will play my exact way right out of the gate. Huh. It's, and it's very, how do, very interesting. <laughs> so, like, do your teammates... Wh- do they get mad if, a lot? <laughs> I mean, you kind of answer yeah, the question they do. there. <laughs> they do. Yeah? They do. Yeah, I, like, uh, I, mean, I still win more than I lose, obviously. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be, like, higher in rank. But, I mean, it, it could be, like, a, a five-mile-an-hour ball rolling in really slowly, and your teammate whiffs it. You know, I'm just giving the the like biggest exaggerated example. And I could be like upfield like demoing and like the ball just rolls in, nobody touches it. And yeah, they'll like blame me nine times out of ten because I was upfield demoing, even though it was like the easiest touch. Oh, you mean have. rolling into your net slowly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I'm that's an exaggerated example, right? Sure, like sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure, talking yeah. like worst case. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, one hundred percent like the teammate, what are you doing? huh so i mean there's there's a lot of that but i mean like it just kind of comes with the territory yeah yeah and usually like i I, i'm i'm good at adjusting i think that's that's like i said i'm competitive in nature so like whether it's 15 demos or one demo like i still want to win like i never like 
go for demos and lose on purpose like at yeah, all you're so, not sacrificing the game just for the sake of a, a demo no but i mean there are times where i will be going like really demo heavy and we get scored on and maybe that lost us the game or like we get scored on and i back off a little bit and we come back and win like it's just you know it's very fluid and constantly mm-hmm. adjusting which do i mean you, it's the same for other people in the lobby too like they're constantly adjusting to how i'm playing so do you ever watch replays to like if you did lose a close game do you watch replays to kind of analyze your decision making on when you went for a particular kind of demo or like a certain kind of situation and like take that in and see how you can maybe uh, further advance the demo strategy or like make it even better or how you make decisions because I, I think decision-making is a huge part of rocket league. And obviously when you are as aggressive as you are, it looks a lot different uh, than a tradition, a quote unquote traditional like rocket league strategy. But at the same time, you're taking so many people off the field that you're creating a different dynamic. So do you feel like, um, you have evolved the way that you look at rocket league over time or how, how do you, how do you like calculate all of that? And how do you think that compares to, you know, what you would call like a normal rocket league player? Uh, all right. So there were a few different things there. So I'll try and like divide it up into sections. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's fine though. That's fine. Uh, because I've, I've been asked similar things in the past. So the first thing replays, uh, no, I don't go back and look at my own replays to like analyze my own gameplay. Uh, and there's a couple reasons for that. Uh, one is that usually I know in the game, like if there was something I did wrong, like I, I know like that I did that wrong. Okay. I need to not do that. Uh, or I shouldn't have been upfield. One thing that comes with being as demo heavy and like accumulating and getting as good as I am at the play style is, a uh, game awareness. I think like my game awareness is just off the charts. Like there's a lot of times where I just know where everybody's at, like without looking too much. Mm. And I, that's, what's allowed me to like get demos really well is I usually I'll, I'll look at like, especially in threes, I'll look at uh, where one or two opponents are and without even like turning off a uh, ball cam or like uh, using my thumbstick to look around. Uh, I like to, demo the third man a lot because if your teammates get a clear third man's dead that's usually a goal so i usually turn based off of where the two teammates are where i think the third person probably is positioned and then i'll trans like transition over to that and then i'll turn off ball cam and usually they're right there so like Mm -hmm. game sense is really high so usually i know like uh and to kind of move that over into like how the play style has evolved and how to get better at it. Uh, I still, to this day, even after a hundred thousand demos, I'm still developing new strategies to get demos and like new ways that I can position or new ways to keep speed, different ways I can get spawn kills, different ways to predict dodging or lure someone into a position that I want them to, uh, like they know that I'm coming, but I lure them in, to a position that it's really hard for them to dodge or there's only one way they can go. 
Like it's, that's it's disgusting. Still, that's the, it's it's still evolving, and uh, I'm still perfecting it. Like even now, so that's, that's the biggest thing. So, did you uh, like sports growing up? Other hobbies, anything like that, where you were this invested on like improving the process? Like, is this natural for you, or is Rocket League something that brought this out in you? Um, so I've, I've always been the type of person that like a lot of things come naturally to me. Like it can naturally, uh, like be decent at something, not great, right? Not naturally great, just naturally decent at something and like get to the point where you like learn it and you feel like you understand it. And then I get bored with it. Mm -hmm. That's always been me. I mean, I played basketball, football, ran track growing up. Like I did sports just cause I was competitive. But uh, as far as like getting this uh, invested in something and like perfecting over time and everything like that, like, uh, uh, yeah, this is this is definitely an anomaly. And I, I think it I think it's because like the convenience factor, like you can't you know you can't always like perfect like you know football or basketball like you need a football on a football field you need a basketball on a basketball goal well you don't always have those things but mm -hmm. i always had an xbox you know yeah and then when you transition to pc like you get your pc and it's just always there with you so there's a there's a convenience factor sure sure definitely that, uh, goes along with that well but you also played like call of duty things like that right before you found rocket league but it didn't necessarily latch on like rocket league has for you uh no, I I did grind two uh Call of Duty games, uh, Black Ops 2 and Advanced Warfare. I played the other ones uh fairly casually, like still competitively, but like a very on and off, nothing like really like actually grinding, like uh but uh Black Ops 2, I put a ton of hours into Black Ops 2. And I think I got into like the top 5%, nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. It was just never as good at that uh advanced warfare though that was the first one that they put like the jetpacks in where you could like oh, not like yeah, fly yeah. but you could kind of just quickly boost over and uh i love hard point in call of duty it's like my favorite game mode and i got to like 15th or 20th in the world in hard point on advanced warfare that was like the first time that like i really like tried to climb up and grind but then i don't think you can even find an online match for that game anymore so <laughs> it doesn't really matter now, where where are you now on the on the demo list? I'm second. Second. I've been second for seven or eight months. There there was a huge gap in between, uh, like the like second through fifth and first place. Uh, first place as like he started demo grinding back in like season two. Like oh gosh, yeah. So way long and like he still plays to this day, not as much as he used to. It's like, yeah. uh, and he took like a decent, decent break. I want to say like four or five months. I'm not exactly sure on the timeline, still active, like in the discord that like manages the leaderboard. Cause like he actually made that. Right. Uh, so, I mean, we talk frequently, like everybody wonders, like, you know, is there like some rivalry or anything? And most of the time it like the demo leaderboard discord is the chillest discord that I've ever been in. Now, is that, <laughs> what's that discord called? Uh, it's just called the boom squad. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. I, I think, uh, Frank has mentioned that to me yeah. a couple of times. 
yep. about probably being has. in there and, and, and talking demos and stuff. How many, yeah. so if you, how many hours do you have on PC? Um, it's hard to say. I have, since I got into content, there's a lot of AFK hours. Like, so like the actual steam hours track. Yeah. Um, but like I, I just passed the amount of games I had on Xbox. Okay. I have around, I want to say around 12,000 games on PC and I had a little over 11,000 on Xbox. So I'm still Any... under the 25,000 like total game mark. Okay. Any free play time, any training packs? Like, do you spend any time on that stuff at all? Yeah. I actually like en- enjoy like doing mechanical things too. Uh, <laughs> I don't so... want to sound like, yeah, I, no, I you're fine. You're be... fine. Like, okay. the, like I, I, I want people that listen to like, you know, yeah. uh, also understand that. Like, uh, it's not constantly going for demos. There's a lot of times in twos, especially that like, I'll have a teammate. Everybody gets a teammate that like, that's probably their their max rank that they've ever been. And uh, you can just tell that they're a little bit slower or a little bit less mechanically inclined. Or maybe they're really good and just having a bad day, <laughs> you yeah. know. But uh, then I'll usually back off demos and I usually like be the carry at that point. So like, I, don't, I don't mind backing off and being the mechanical guy. I just enjoy demoing more. So like, yeah. I, I actually spend a good amount of time in uh, training and free play. To like make sure that my mechanics are like if I if I didn't demo that I would still be GC. Yeah. Are you GC like even now? Like this season? I, I already have my GC rewards this season. Yeah. I I uh actually played for the first time like uh an hour ago for the first time in like two weeks, just moving and everything. Oh, and being sure, really sure. busy. Yeah. But uh yeah, I I think I lost like fifteen games in a row. <laughs> right before the move so yeah i'm i'm in c3 and in twos and threes right now but uh yeah i've been i have four four seasons of gc titles now so and i think being gc now is even more impressive than it was you know towards the end of before it was free to play like season yeah, one yeah, season the, two the, so many hard, people were talking well, about how difficult resets, it was yeah it it was i i was one of those people that that was down in like diamond three. <laughs> I think I think I actually went into diamond two and almost diamond one at one point in season one. And still got the, all the way back to GC. Yeah. Good for in you. Twos, not threes. In, okay. um, in threes, I, I was all the way down to like that diamond two range and twos. Oh, wow. You're able to. Well, in threes, it's just it's harder to carry in threes unless you're like a pro, you know, then they can just yeah. carry in anything. But yeah, I, I wasn't good enough to carry in threes. But in twos, I was able to push back up in twos and get it. I probably ended like champ one or two in threes in season one. I just couldn't do it. I gave up. It was impossible. <laughs> just it just made the game not fun. I'm I'm so intrigued by this whole like so was it just that you saw the demo leaderboard and you're like wow there's actually something here and then walk me through a little bit more in depth about what it was what the thought process was like or kind of the initial uh I'm going to call it the courting phase which is going to like yeah. age me a little bit but like you I guess going through the process of falling in love with learning how to demo and becoming like the demoer that you are. 
Um, cause again, I'm going to go back to this over and over again, and I will slap myself on the wrist for it. Um, but again, I fall in the category of like, holy cow, Woody is just this like chill dude. <laughs> He's just like waging war on the game of rocket league. So like walk me through this whole phase of you, like understanding that people track demos and like pay attention to it and you just becoming fascinated with being as good as you can with that because it's so um, untraditional yeah uh i think that's the untraditional aspect uh or uh, uh non-orthodox unorthodox that's that's the best word we're looking for unorthodox play style um that's that's been my approach to a lot of things in life i think i've always been like a very unorthodox uh thinker and strategist just with any game i played like uh or sport that i played like if there was a you know an unorthodox way to go about doing something i just did it that way uh so that that came naturally and any kind of problem solving was always fairly unorthodox uh you should see me like my mental math <laughs> write that down like my mental math is like if i wrote it down like a process of just some simple multiplication just like two digits and two digits oh, but show people like how i did it, it, it actual would, mental math yeah yeah i would i oh, would okay. do it in my head but like if i wrote out how i computed it in my head people would be like why would you ever do it like that it's like it's just the way my brain worked so I ended up finding the demo leaderboard on Reddit. It got posted about every four to five months on Reddit. So I found a little bit older post about it. And then uh, I just noticed the unorthodox way. And I I think the most unorthodox thing I found was in that Boom Squad Discord, there were tutorials of little GIFs of like how to spawn kill, which mm. was just the wildest concept to me at the time of like spawn killing in Rocket League. like. If I had to think of something unorthodox to get good at, like that's 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 probably it. <laughs> so. and some of the videos you've posted, man, are just like, let me play the game. Yeah, I've I've had strings where like an opponent has not played for twenty five seconds or so. <laughs> like, uh, and to think about that, like there's five minutes. So if you break that up into 10 30 second chunks. Uh, that's that's ten percent of the game that they were just sitting there, or they would drive off a little bit before they got demoed again. But yeah, oh, those man. those are usually the clips that like when I post them that ended up getting shared a lot because people are just like, well, they they're either commenting on it and telling me how terrible I am, or they're mesmerized and laughing. Well, and when we played that, when I played that game against you, there was a point where you demoed me, and like I just I tried to go as zen as I could and just like this is this, <laughs> this is my is life happening. Right. This, this is, is happening. my life right now. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh and I thought like as soon as I spawn, I'm gonna jump and just try and get out of the way. And you so, still got me again. Yeah, so, so so this is gonna blow your mind. This is one of those unorthodox things that is very weird about the game. Uh and it's gonna blow everybody that listens. You spawn in the air. You don't spawn on the ground. You spawn this much in the air. So perfectly timed spawn kills are impossible to dodge. Impossible. You huh. cannot jump over it because you're like 
that's like there. I mean, it's a tenth of a second, right? But yeah, if you slow down and you go to a replay and like you show yourself spawning in, anybody can go to where they get demoed in a replay and like put it on 5% speed and move it, move your camera down to the ground. You will see your car spawn and drop. Huh? So some people will be like spamming a is what usually happens. They'll spam a and uh, it, it basically looks like they're, they've just double jumped, but they didn't move anywhere. Like it kind of like negated out them falling in the gravity. Yeah. So they, they like almost stall a little bit in the air. Yeah. Nice. Perfectly timed spawn kills are impossible to dodge. They're actually like broken. Like if I had to say like, I know everybody always wants to say demos are broken, but it's always internet and ping. <laughs> uh, but like if there was an aspect of the game about demos that were broken, uh, it would be spawn kills because there is, there's no way to dodge a perfectly timed spawn kill. But I don't think anything will ever be done about it unless it becomes very widespread and used at the pro level. Yeah. Because there it's such a such a minority that like one can actually do it, but then two do it. Uh to where it just it doesn't affect the game enough for the devs to worry about it. As someone that spends so much time demoing do you think it is something that is viable at an even higher level of play than where you're at? Uh, so interesting enough on the like rocket league podcast, uh, first touch uh-huh. today, uh, Garrett G was on there and he said that like demos at the pro level are like most of the time, the only way to score if if both teams rotations are on point and everybody's just doing their thing which at that level usually they are like usually the only way to like score or throw off a rotation is a demo but at the ex- so maybe not necessarily at okay, the level okay you're talking about the extent that i do it okay yeah. all right the the level of me at the pro level no it is but being able having it's it's almost like uh, if a pro were to, cause you know, a pro can do a flip reset whenever they can, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they do it every single yeah. time. So you almost want to have the ability to pull out a demo or like pull out of a rotation effectively enough so that you can get a demo. Uh, but it's not like you're going to do it every single time that you could, or that you want to. Yeah, I mean, the I think the biggest thing to think about at that level is people are so good, one, their awareness, right? Uh, but two, like, their ability to adjust. And after after someone gets demoed a couple times, they're instantly on high alert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of times where, like, people recognize me in-game, and it's hard to get a demo that game because they're instantly, before they even get demoed, they just know it's coming, so they're on high alert the entire time. So, uh, my average is seven to eight a game in rocket league. And I don't think that's consistently or possible to consistently pull off at the pro level. I would say three to four would be consistently possible to pull off. And first killer actually averages like two, maybe three first killers. Actually one of like, I know rattles and arsenal get talked about a lot as like Mm -hmm. the demo heavy players. I've noticed the first at, killer is very if, aggressive. If it's be, I think it's because he plays so fast. Yeah. He plays fast and he's he's always like they 
I mean, the way Rogue has their team set up and their play style is like, all right, first killer go, you know, yeah, <laughs> like right. not that the other players are, aren't great. Mm-hmm. It's just first killer is so fast and so good that uh, I think that's what enables him to get demos. But usually like if you go to uh, like a, whatever a tournament or uh, like on ball chasing, like the replay groups of uh, say a regional event and then you go to like, the players and sort by average demos per game. Usually mm-hmm. first killer is like at the top or damn close to it. Interesting. Yeah. So I think in speaking of speed, uh, I, the one thing that I noticed, so I saved that replay of you and me. Um, well, the, the one if that we was, played. Yeah. If it was on the Epic account, uh, that would have been a, uh, different account. Usually, Usually my epic is the uh, lower count. It's actually like my, my real epic account. It's just not linked to my Steam. Oh sure, like yeah. I, I I use that for like my uh, uh, code and stuff like that. Right. So let me let me. Well, the reason I bring it up was one thing that I pay attention to on a consistent basis is average speed in a game. I don't know if you look at that stat at all. Um, so like Justin, if you look at Justin's average speed yeah. on his profile, uh, his is like in the low 1600s. Your speed on your Epic account is maybe right around where his is. Uh, and your average speed in the game that you played against me was 1700. Everybody, <laughs> that sounds about right. Everybody else was in the 1400s. Like you uh, were just zooming around <laughs> the field. Yeah. So I have my my main ball chasing account pulled up here, and that's uh, 12,091 games. And my average speed, and this is across all game modes, is 1640. Yeah, that's crazy. Like that's so fast. Uh, it's and I, most of the time just because I'm supersonic <laughs> all the time. Well, yeah. Yeah, which got is it, really weird. It. Actually, there's there's three interesting stats. Well, four. One like over like my career ball chasing stats. Uh, one is the speed. It's usually really high. And then you look at time spent supersonic, and that's usually double or triple everybody else in the lobby. Uh, <laughs> three is my power slide count. Is usually mm. double or triple everybody in the lobby sense. just keeping momentum going. And then yep. uh, four is time spent on zero boost is always double or triple everybody in the lobby, which is really weird to think about. You would think I would be the least amount, but uh, especially with like uh, my speed and like being higher than everybody else in the lobby and the amount of time spent supersonic, but the amount of time I spend at zero boost is like double at least everybody else. I I'm actually haven't quite figured out how that one works out. I think so, I've just figured out how to keep my momentum really well. Yeah, I guess so. Because in this one individual game that we played against each other, um, your your seconds with zero boost is 100. Yeah. So almost two full minutes of the game, you had (laughs) zero boost. Zero boost. And mine was 40 seconds. So you were two and a half times me. And I was the next highest at, at 40. And Part of that, I wonder at least, I mean, you demoed me nine times, I think that game. (laughs) So part of that was um, probably just because I was dead. I don't know if you have, I don't know if it puts you back at 33 immediately or if you have zero boost, like once you're dead. 
Yeah, you um, demoed me nine times. You had 14 demos. Excuse me. You had 12 demos that game, and Flow State had two. Uh, that's just ridiculous. But I think that another interesting thing about your play style, and I, I'd love to hear you talk about this a little bit more, is earlier you said that your game sense is just so high. And I feel like uh, to be able to do what you do and stay at the speed that you stay at, you have to evolve a like amazing game sense or else like you you wouldn't be able to keep track of everything else that is going on or like b- be able to do what you do yeah it can especially like higher lobbies uh where the speed is a lot faster uh it can get a little chaotic to like try and keep track of everybody especially uh i mean if you have a really good lobby and people have really good rotations like there's a lot of time where like it's hard to break your rotation without like sacrificing a shot on your net. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's uh, like, obviously like there's, there's clips that don't get posted. Obviously like me not getting a spawn kill, right? Like I'm not going to post that cause no one, no one wants to see that, but it happens like actually probably the majority of the time, mm-hmm. uh, just the way the odds work out. Uh, the other thing is like how I was talking earlier when I, uh, start like and i do this in twos twos is a little bit more of a guessing game on it it's easier in threes but like basing uh one opponent's position off of another opponent's position but you can only see one of them and you want to go demo the other one and there will be times where i will turn towards that uh area that i think they should be and they're actually not they're over on the other corner getting boost they're out of position like they're not going to be able to do anything in the play uh, but like there's times that I fail at that, but I'm not, not sure if it's because I'm failing at it or if it's because like, I like they're failing at <laughs> where they yeah. should be, you know, but, uh-huh. uh, like my swivel speed, like on my camera settings is high. It's like 1.7 or 1.8. So I do like, I use that to look around all the time. Like, especially when balls are like uh, really high up in the air, almost everybody's ball cam is straight up in the air. So that's a really good time to demo. One of my favorite things is just to slam the ball really high up in the air, like boom it, and then turn off ball cam and go Go fishing. Yep, go fishing. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I, with that swivel speed being high, like I can also like stay on ball cam and like uh, flick my stick to like look down Mm -hmm. a lot too, just to figure out everybody's position. Sure, I don't know, like. that was that was one of the biggest adjustments I made. I mean, everybody always says use your stick and like move around, but like I do that a ton. Like not just like a little bit. Like even watching like pro gameplay and sh- like pro streamers. Uh, yeah, I move my stick around probably twice as much as they do well, just to try and keep more, track of all the cars. You're more focused on the cars more yes. often than you're focused on the ball. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you had like a focus car mode. You'd be in <laughs> yeah, I would. You need to you need to get Cinder Block on a mod for that before <laughs> it goes off to work for Psionics. Make it a lot yeah, easier for yeah, you. Yeah, that actually that's a pretty good idea of like where you can focus on a car. Yeah, and then maybe it cycles through. Like you press yeah. like your usually it's Y or what is it triangle on a, a PS4 controller or PS5. Yeah, cycle 
ball, car cam, and then cycle through your opponents. Yeah. Too, so you can like, and then when they respawn, your your camera moves over. That's interesting. Actually that would, that. That would actually I'm actually going to write really that fun. down. I'm going to write yeah. that down. You can only do it in local lobbies, but like, yeah. if you got a few people together, yeah, that could be well, really interesting. Let me let me know when that video gets made. I I want to no, be, you on, be, your you, you be, be on, on your team. I want to be on your team. Yeah, no, you came up with the idea. You can be in it <laughs> if it's possible. Like you know, some some mods just aren't possible. I mean, all of the things that they've been able to do modding this That's game. True. That's I'd true. I'd be I'd be shocked if <laughs> if you couldn't do it or at least find some some way of getting close. So, I think that. Uh, you're a bit of a phenomenon because your desire to become a good demo player has led you to have an extremely high level of game sense, which is, I feel, in turn led to your success as a demo player, but just led to your success as a Rocket League player in general, because as somebody that's been uh, in Champ 1 and Champ 2 for a decent amount of time, and now I'm just personally realizing how poor of a Rocket League decision maker I am. And that's what's kind of kept me in Champ 1 and Champ 2 uh, has allowed you to get to like where you are. So how how do you feel like uh, you learn the game of Rocket League or evolve that game sense? Like uh, what kind of things did you notice as you were coming up? and getting better and better that you feel has uh, attributed to your high quality game sense in the game and decision-making and like when to go for demos, when to not go for demos, when you actually touch the ball, like how do you, how have you kind of evolved your thought process? That's a really good question that I have never been asked for. Uh, That's why uh, people keep on coming back. <laughs> That's a really good one. Uh, like especially the like how did you how did you evolve your game sense over time i mean the like evolving the decision making of demos over time was just kind of trial and error was really with that like trial error and brute force i mean <laughs> after you you know you have enough like as many demos as i have like you eventually just kind of figure it out just like anything else uh but the development of game sense over time um I think I think it was a lot of uh just knowing that like that needed to be improved to go to the next level and I I think the the biggest driver behind like actually wanting to improve and get better cuz like my original demo grind if you will started basically when I switched to PC but uh I was Diamond 3 Champ 1 at that time and if you're going to be the guy that a lot of the community uh, will view as doing something that uh, doesn't require any skill, is toxic, etc., cetera, uh, if you're Diamond 3 Champ 1, you're not going to be taken seriously. Yeah. So it was, it was a big point of mine to get into, that, into those higher ranks because it was the, it was the only way to be taken seriously, especially if you were going to go into content, like you can't be the demo guy in diamond three and make content. Like you, you have to be able sure. to do it at the highest level. Well, you know, everybody's at still a high level at a high level, not the highest, but at a, at a high level and still perform. Uh, so 
I knew I had to do that. And that's, that's what drove the training aspect of it too. Like I still like can perform mechanically and still like I, I enjoy doing things mechanically. Uh, it's not always, you know, boom time. And I, well, and so to give you credit on this, uh, it's not even like a mechanical thing because, and it's, it's easy for me to say this, uh, and it's a, it's a lot different to necessarily like look at results. I'll just come out and say it and then I'll, I'll hear what you think. You know, I've been able to rank up and start winning more games and feel a lot more comfortable. Like I've lost plenty of champ one games feeling like I have good mechanics and not necessarily know why I lose the game. But now that I've paid attention to rotation better, paid a lot more attention to my decision making, I feel like I'm not only winning more games in like moving up into like lower champ two, champ two, division two, division three. I feel more comfortable in those games. Like I don't feel out of place. I don't feel like I'm slow. I don't feel like I'm behind the game. Like I feel like I understand the game a lot better now. So I feel like even mechanics aside, obviously mechanics are important, but just like the decision making of, especially for you going as fast as you do, uh, going through the ebb and flow of like knowing when you can go for these demos, when you can go for these like continued spawn kills and then knowing the right time or uh, the right point in the game to like, oh, now I actually do need to go for the ball or I do need to rotate back or I do need to like focus on kind of <laughs> what's hap quote unquote happening in the game as opposed to like disrupting the other team. Does that make like the, just yeah, the pure decision sense. making that you have gotten yourself to allows you to do this at the level that you do it? Yeah. Um, so like kind of in the game awareness way, but like uh, more in the like situational awareness way. Like uh, I, I spam my like uh, camera switch button like nonstop throughout matches. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why I have that swivel speed so high so I can look back and forth a lot. And uh, like I, as I'm doing spawn kills, I'm usually check in between like each spawn kill. I'm usually checking in on what's going on on the other side of the field. And I, I think that's, that's uh, one of the really big things is like, that's, that's how I recognize when to come out of the opponent's half usually is like, uh, like trying to see whether my teammate got the boost or whether the opponent got the boost. Like, let's just say like twos to keep it simple, like a one V one situation. Okay. Like is, is my teammate like getting boost starved? Are they going to be in a bad position here? Do I need to go help them out? Or did they get the boost is like the other team is the weaker player downfield and I'm keeping the stronger player demoed. Like there's, there's like five different factors. You know, I'm just throwing out a number. I have no idea what the actual number is, but usually it's just, a lot of different factors and then kind of like uh, taking that information in, in between the, the three seconds back and forth to spawn kill of whether it's time to come out or not. And that's just like trying to think about that as fast as I can to make that decision. I was always really good at mental math. So maybe that's, <laughs> even as awkward as your mental math might be you're really good yeah at yeah it. i was always i was always really fast <laughs> at it and really good at it so i don't know maybe 
just being able to take in that information quick and process it quickly. Well, uh, and I think helped. going going back to what you said, trial and error. Like I'm sure that you've missed a lot of demos or screwed up a lot of things or given up Tons. a lot of goals Probably along thousands. the way. <laughs> and it's been worth it because like look at where you are now. And I mean there there'll be a lot of people that might view that uh as like oh well you were you know throwing that game for demos as you were figuring that out but i think it's extremely comparable to like say you were you were learning flicks or you were learning an air dribble like how many times in a game did you do that and fail it mm-hmm. or how many times did you do it in a game until you like you did it correctly and then you just you figure out when and where you can do those things like oh should i stop and dribble now like it's just everybody learns over time and i think that's where sort where people don't want to treat demoing as a mechanic like because i mean there is there's the idea that uh hitting your car into another car like doesn't take a lot of skill and on the the very like lowest level it doesn't right like that like on the very basic level like at my level 100% there's no way like I challenge people to pull off <laughs> what I'm able to do at the higher levels but like at the lower levels I I get the the mindset behind that right mm-hmm. it's very like especially like silver you know like at the lower levels like that like it is very simple concept you drive your car into the other car supersonic right yeah. there's angle requirements and a little more nitty-gritty but the essential details of it is very simple to do but to pull it off consistently and even when your opponents know it's coming to be able to predict where they're going to go and know the pathing of where they're probably going to rotate through and even just head on to try and predict where they're at like and then pulling it off over and over again and doing it successfully to win like that's that's the big difference maker and not putting your team at a disadvantage at the same time that still happens but well, yeah, yes. right. It, and it, <laughs> yeah. And, and it, I it think will happen. Yeah. That's, like, that's part of the evolution though. Right. Is, is like you, you have the skill and now it's figuring out like, how do I use this to like the highest sense of, of what it's capable of? Yeah. Because I mean, there, you know, there will still be times where like, I'll like, you know, if I wanted to average it, maybe like once or twice a game, I will leave my teammate in a pretty awkward spot uh, because I uh, didn't get the demo that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to like, OK, how can I recover, rotate back and like make this a not awkward spot or not get scored on? Like, I mean, it it happens. Like, I'll admit and if my teammate gets scored on in that situation, like it's like. I know in that situation, like, well, that's on me. Like, yeah, if I had got that demo and they lost the one V one debatable, right? Sure. But like, but like if I don't execute what I'm trying to execute upfield in that high risk, high reward scenario, mm-hmm. well, then it's, then it's just high risk. There is no reward. Right. So like, I, right. like I never, like if I leave my teammate in a, in like a numbers disadvantage and they get scored on like, 99% of the time. Like that's why I don't go through replays like right then and there. Okay. Like I messed up. Yeah. That's um so I think my my first question that I've been thinking about is 
like, okay, so you, you're in a 2v2 game, you demo one of your opponents, or, and you might just be trying to go off on this guy, right? You're spawn doing <laughs> him, him back and forth. You're basically just creating a 1v1 in, in that game because you're kind of out of the game. Yep. Your opponent is out of the game. And then you're you're almost like leaving it in the hands of your teammate to take advantage. So, yes. I mean, granted, if they can boom the ball, I mean, let's just wipe out the very vanilla straightforward. It's totally to your advantage because you demo somebody twice. They're out of the play. He gets a good clear and you have an open net or it trickles into their net like that. I'm sure that happens a decent amount uh, where it wouldn't normally happen if somebody's, you know, being wiped off the face of Beckwith <laughs> Park. But like, do you, how do you feel about it? Or how do you, how do you like th- process something where like you're basically creating a 1v1 game inside of a 2v2 game? Uh, like, do you feel like that is usually more to your advantage than not to your advantage? Uh, Really good question. That's <laughs> you're really coming up with them here. Uh, so I've like I I know the answer to that because I, I do process that, but I've never been asked about that before. Uh, the difference is uh, camera angle usually and who has a uh. bigger bigger view of the field. Uh, unless unless the opponents are in a party and in comms, uh, like they. Their visual field is usually on, you know, my half. So they they can't they can maybe hear it or they see it up in the activity feed in the corner, but they're not actually seeing that they're they'd have no teammate. But my teammate can see that like the opponents, it's a one v one. So if they can get the ball over them, uh that it's probably an automatical. And there'll be a lot of times where they'll they'll win that 50-50. And I'll have teammates just drive the ball straight into the goal because they they saw that uh, the goal was going to be open, whereas uh, the the opponents did not. And that's where it comes really effective in threes, is there's usually too much going on in threes for two of the opponents that are upfield, right? You have your third man back, and then your two that are upfield kind of on offense, and then you'll do that rotation out. There's usually too much going on for those two to keep track of their teammate getting spawn killed in the back, but my two teammates can see it. Their third man getting destroyed. So if you yeah, get a big they, clear, they can't see it's behind a huge them. advantage. Exactly. Usually it results in a goal. But my teammates can see that because they're on defense and they can view the whole field, whereas the opponents that are on offense, they can only see half the field. That's... A- I just want to say that that's disgusting. <laughs> it's it's almost like you're fighting an informational like this is USA versus Russia in these cyber attacks. <laughs> like you're you're waging mental warfare on the Rocket League pitch. That is that is what you're doing and it's yep. disgusting and I love it. Uh I mean you must have loved the update when they turned off that you couldn't look at the reverse cam anymore for once you got demoed. Uh you believe it or not, I actually hated it. That doesn't, but like, I, it's, it's completely to your advantage based on uh, what you just said. Yes. And no. When, and I think I remember actually, actually a tweet when you I, said I tweeted that, out about like, it. You, yes. Yeah. That you didn't I tweeted like it. out and I, I tagged psionics about it because, uh, like, 
I think one thing is like that I try not to be is like too biased because like when you're in a very like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, disagreement about my play style. So I try to, I try to stay as middle of the road as possible and like understand different perspectives and explain to people. Cause I spend a lot of time explaining to people <laughs> uh, getting AKA getting flamed. On the internet. <laughs> yes. Yes. I spent a lot of time explaining to people. <laughs> uh, so like I, I try and keep a, the, like a non-biased perspective on it and uh, the not being able to, I'm actually 100% all for a free camera movement when you've been demoed. Like I, yeah. and the reason behind that is uh, our LCS. I think it's an extreme disadvantage and ruins the uh, competitive integrity of the pro level to like take someone out of play for three seconds and like make it to where they can't see anything going on on the field. I think they should be able to at least look around because at that level, it's insane. Like just, I, I think you should be able to spawn in. Well, I think you should be able to know where you're going to spawn. Being able to choose your spawn, I, I think, is like being able to decide that in the short amount of time that you have is difficult. But yeah. I think if if you were like if they moved your camera angle to like your spawn and you were like a little ghost car and then at the end of that three seconds, you were no longer a ghost car. Like, I think that would uh, even out the uh, competitive integrity versus uh, demolitions being overpowered. That's, I think so- that's the best case scenario. Do you feel like demos are overpowered? Uh, I think because uh, I try and like no one when you when you look at it like from a competitive standpoint, right? No one no one looks at like Diamond Three gameplay to want to know how Diamond Threes feel about the competitive standpoint. Like it's like you know backyard flag football, like changing the rules for backyard flag football versus changing the rules for NFL. Right. Like you, you base it off of the pro level. Everything's based off of the pro level and then trickles down essentially for rules and how the gameplay operates. Uh, so if we were to base it off of the pro level, uh, demo smoke is questionable mm. uh, for the competitive integrity. Uh, and then uh, camera lock uh, is, well, I mean, it, it, I can say questionable because there's probably debate on that i can't say that i have the answer you know that this is how it should be like i'm right uh but i think that camera lock ruins the competitive integrity and makes demos overpowered and i think demo smoke is questionable in that aspect demos by themselves no are not overpowered so i will admit that i am a pretty traditional guy and i will say that like if if we could like look backwards you know, if we still had reverse cam on demos, I would be happy with that. Um, I spam reverse I, cam all the time. Every time I get demoed, I would just spam it too. to try and look around the field. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like being in <laughs> you, you know, you've only been playing the game since season eight. Like I've been playing since launch, you know, like not being able to do that was very awkward. Um, yep. And I still try and do it now. I do. Um, too. <laughs> it's just so, force of habit. Yeah. And I, I, going back to me being uh, like a traditional guy, like that was the way that the game was designed. That's the way that it was released. That's the way that it was originally implemented. So like having the reverse camera, I get, 
Um, and be, I, I, I can't emphasize enough that I appreciate you saying like that it, it pushes, uh, it is not good for competitive integrity to not be able to have like free cam. And I completely disagree with that. Not, and it's, it's interesting because the only reason that I feel that way is because the game was implemented with just re- reverse cam. It wasn't like if we were sitting here and you had free cam and then when they released that update and decided to take cam away, uh, then I I think I would wholeheartedly agree with you. But because it wasn't originally released that way, I'm like, well, no, it's 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 fine how it is. And I, you know. I don't need to get extreme, but there have been plenty of things in history where people have been like, it's fine how it is. And those things were not fine at all. Yeah. We're talking about a video game here, so it's not <laughs> as extreme as some things. Um, but I I would love to hear a little bit more about your opinion and your thoughts on that, just so I could hear a different perspective. Because my perspective is purely, well, this is how the game's released, so that's how it's meant yeah. to be played, which is kind of lame. So I'd love to hear like your thoughts on it, especially because like at the end of the day, it's to your advantage to not be able to see when somebody's demoed. Uh, yeah, and I mean it's it's always good to, I think, uh, try and put it in perspective of yes, it's to your advantage, and like I obviously demo more than I get demoed, but when I get demoed, like I wish I could look around. <laughs> so you know that's that's like trying to be like not biased is like well you know i think it would be fair like i want to be able to look around like uh so like that's why i keep referring to the pro level and if you think about three seconds of taking a pro out of play they don't know where they're going to respawn they have no perspective of what's going on in the game uh like that's a long time in an rlcs game like, uh, yeah. think, think about the last world land in Spain. It was a demo, a clear and Justin scored. And the guy spawned in like a little bit before like, uh, the ball went in. So mm-hmm. like in that three seconds, uh, a world championship was won. That's, that's a big three seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, and so. there's, there should, just like you said, high risk, high reward. Somebody went yep. for that demo and they were fortunate enough to get it. Had they not gotten it, what would have happened with that player? How would it look differently or what could have conspired, yeah. you know, I'm if, actually, if it hadn't been executed? Yeah. Like looking at it, I, I actually don't know if it would have changed the outcome <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> but but like it was it was just to put in perspective, like three yeah. seconds is a long time. Totally. Like, so let me ask you this, because um, you you offered up an interesting solution uh, and again, it would be interesting to see if somebody could come up with a mod to uh, modify like what happens when somebody gets demoed. Uh, like if you had your choice in between a shorter spawn time for a demo or moving the camera, having a free moving camera, uh, which would you which do you think would improve the quality of play more? Uh, free moving camera. I, th- I think I know the spawn time is talked about a lot and there, there's probably a good chunk of, uh, especially the higher competitive level, like probably like the, the semi pro level, 
uh, pros have been playing so long that I just feel like they're kind of like you. They're just used to it. Like yeah. this is the way it is. Like we're just used to it. We've adapted to this. But like uh, the semi-pro level is, I think, where you get a lot of uh, vocal uh, people about wanting change in certain mm-hmm. aspects of the game. Uh, and I, I mean, I've seen uh, a call for a shorter respawn time, <laughs> a shorter respawn time, or being able to pick your respawn side. And I still, I, I mean, I don't care. Like if people could pick the respawn side, uh, mostly because I just don't at that level of play a higher level, I don't think you have enough time to really figure out and decide which side is actually going to be best. There's going to be mm-hmm. very few scenarios where that is on defense. Like sometimes you can spawn in the corner and chaos. And that's like kind of one of those scenarios. But I think the solution to that is, like I said, the ghost car and having your camera back yeah. and like your ghost car there. Okay, this is where I'm going to spawn in. I need to like, I can see where the cars and the ball is. I need to move out of the way of that. And this is like the clear path versus mm-hmm. you just spawn right into the chaos. And it's like, I have no idea where I need to go or what I need to do. Yeah. And, uh, that doesn't, like I said, it doesn't make a lot of difference in your, you know, 2v2, 3v3 ranked games or a lot of casual or just like competitive players. But at the pro level, that's, that makes all the difference. So. Yeah. I think the idea of your camera immediately moving to where you're going to spawn is very intriguing. And it could be like, locked there. Like, I don't think that would really matter too much. But No, because you can like, still see a lot of the field and yeah. you know what to expect. And I think that having like a shorter spawn time would be, that would throw so many people off. I feel like they could implement that and so many people would hate it because you're used to that time period of getting demoed and then there's almost like that second where you have like a you take a breath you compose yourself and then you spawn (laughs) in but if they cut it in half and all of a sudden like you're spawning into the game so much faster it would almost throw people off like that would almost lead to frustration of like you're just right back in it and you don't know what to do even faster yeah, I don't think it should ever go below two seconds. If they were to change it and they were to lower it, like it would definitely still have to stay between two and three seconds. Yeah. I think below two uh, kind of almost removes the point of it. Mm-hmm. And the they demos are here to stay, obviously. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're they're never going to be removed. Like they're they're here to stay. There, it's a big part of the game, especially at the pro level. Like the pros demo more on average per game than any other rank whatsoever. So like, it's like in the numbers there. So like there's, you don't want to tweak things too much. Yeah. Like you throw people off way too much and you can like you, your little change here can have astronomical effects over here. So I, I actually checked earlier and I average, 0.54 0.54 demos per game out of 17,589 games. Is that on I your just career page? Yeah. Uh, across all game modes or a specific one? I think I just did across, like I just pulled up career. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mine look is, at a specific one. Yeah. Mine is 6.45. And that's, that's crazy. Uh, and most of what dr- drags that down. Uh, 
is uh, drop shot and ones. Mm. Yeah. Because in, in ones, I average three per game. Uh, but then you get into like threes and I average eight per game. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, demos inflicted. On ballchasing.com, I average... And on, in the replays that are on ballchasing.com, and I have 8,000 replays on ballchasing.com, so a decent amount, I average 0.66, so a little bit higher. Okay. The player average for demos inflicted per game is only 0.52. So yep. the Rocket League community is a very friendly community. <laughs> uh, and And you are much more violent than the average <laughs> than the average rocket league player um i want to i want to get your take on this um as we're kind of uh coming towards the end i have a couple things that i've been uh kind of keeping my eye on the first one is that you don't look at replays but you you immediately have this idea of like something that like I messed up, like, you know, that you messed it up. And so you don't necessarily need to go back and look at the replay because you already know um, what what is something recently. Uh, and I'll just take it from the perspective of like your demo philosophy and strategy and execution, just because it's kind of the emphasis of your gameplay like what is something recently that you've noticed that you maybe messed up in you know five out of ten games or five games in a row or just something you noticed that was messing you up consistently that you've like since been able to evaluate and enhance in your game to kind of move you maybe one step further uh one v one situations and not in ones but in twos and threes uh, uh it was hard to like turn the demo switch off i'd get one v one situations and i would want to air dribble bump or i would want to roll the ball and get in front of it and go for the demo because that's what i felt most comfortable doing uh and i was having uh, very little success with it uh, because I would just try and do it every time I would just that was the switch I was in I was like okay uh, and there, there would be some times where I would pull it off but the ball was going too slow and teammate wasn't there to push it in and it would mm -hmm. get saved but uh, it was too much of a reliance on it uh, where times where if I had uh, used uh, my mechanical ability instead and uh, so it's been more of a transition to like try and do things more mechanical, not necessarily back off on the demos, but just to uh, kind of a mental note, like literally say to yourself, once you get in those one V one situations, like, okay, I need to flick or I need to pass off the backboard and then go for a demo. Like that, uh, that's one thing that uh, definitely has been a little bit more recent. I would say. And I think that just comes with coming up in rank, like you get to the point where like you have to adjust to a new skill level mm -hmm. and uh, people are faster and able to recover quicker and able to adapt a little bit better. Like, you know, uh, you can only, you can only pull the exact same move off so many times <laughs> before. Totally. Yeah. Before people just adjust to it. 
Yeah. At, well, and I, so. I think it's, I think it's, you know, a, a testament to the, uh, w- well-roundedness yep. of your game. Uh, and again, going back to like, uh, having a skill set, but not necessarily that just being the one thing that you rely on to try and win games. And it's actually interesting that you said that because one other thing that we don't necessarily need to talk about, but one thing that I've noticed in my own games uh, in like a champ one or a diamond three, and I mean, you might've even run into people like this sometimes that are demo hungry players, but when it comes to them having to hit the ball, like they might get four or five, six demos in a game, (laughs) but then when it comes to them, like putting a shot on target or just like hitting the ball, it's like, they don't know what they're doing. And like in that game that I played with you, like it, it was very fascinating to see that like there were maybe at like one point where you were chasing after a demo or just zooming around the field and you're like, oh, wait, the ball is in a place that I need to hit it. And you were able to execute that and then go back into what you're doing. But some of these like lower ranked people that are like demo chasers, like the ball comes to them and it's time for them to hit the ball and it's just worthless like they can't hit the ball (laughs) and the thing that blows my mind about that is like it's not easy to be able to predict where people are going uh and be able to demo them like that is a skill that is extremely impressive to me to be able to like anticipate and get your car in the right place to execute a demo um like there's certainly a lot of skill that goes into it so I feel like if you can do that, you should certainly be able to read the ball in the game. And some people just can't handle it, which I think is fascinating. Uh, so interestingly enough, when I was like first coming up through the ranks, uh, when I hit like champ one, champ two for the first time, uh, I would have labeled myself as like the worst champ one, champ two player in like Rocket League history mechanically. Like, uh, and I wasn't even demo heavy then. It was just like trying to position myself and make contact with the ball. I think a lot of people try and get, they get focused too much on like, uh, I mean, it matters once you get higher up, but at lower levels, like if you just make contact with the ball consistently, like eventually you'll have good contact where you put it where you want. But if you're just consistently, every time you go for the ball, you're making contact with it, you'll probably win most of your games and rank up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just couldn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> it was just, I was just not good. I mean, granted, like I, I, I progressed to that point really quickly and I, I got hard stuck there forever. Uh, but yeah, it came down to like just making a little bit of contact with the ball, but I would always position in a way, but, uh, yeah, I could usually pull off some demos, but I just, I neglected training mm-hmm. and the only way to train demos is to just go in a game and demo people. So like, but I, I would neglect the actual muscle memory, like, uh, needed to move your car the way you needed to. Whereas like predicting a player is more, uh, reaction time versus muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like your ability to react, whereas your muscle memory, like, like, does that make sense? Yeah, you you need the muscle memory to hit the ball. You don't necessarily need the muscle memory to hit a car. You mm -hmm. need the reaction time and the ability to predict where they're at. But there is no 
there's not a lot of muscle memory and prediction. It's just your reaction time and being able to outthink. Anticipate. Yeah. And like you said, lure people into where you want them to go. I do a lot of swerving. I have my like uh, steering sensitivity up and I'll be going after somebody and I have no intentions of demoing them, demoing them like at that point in the field. I want to demo them over here. And uh, I'll do a lot of swerving back and forth, almost like a shark. It's it's funny to watch. Yeah, I'll swerve, and then I'll when I want to steer them a certain way, I'll steer out wider the opposite way. So if I want to steer them towards the corner, I'll steer out wider, like towards the net. And then eventually, like there comes a point where you just know where the ball is and you know where they are, and like they have to cross that point. So you just That's try. So and... maniacal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's yeah, funny like, uh-huh. you know, to see me yeah, swerving. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy to crazy to watch, and I just I laugh as I'm doing it because it, it's hard not to laugh at. But yeah, you'd be swerving and like to to get them in a position you want you to swerve that way a little bit more. So in certain games, like, does it ever get to a point where you just tell that you can tell that somebody's an easy target, and then you just like go after them? Yeah, usually pretty quickly. For about the first 30 seconds of a lot of games, I'll just go like 100% demo just to get a feel for everybody. And you'll you'll figure out who the strong player is that has good awareness. And you just make a mental note of that, that like you need to approach him from different angles or you need to like expect that he will dodge. And then you'll find a weaker player that's uh, just their awareness is extremely lacking. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you figure out the, if I can figure out the the opponents in the first 30 seconds, then it automatically gives me advantage for the rest of the time because I can back off and I'll just use mechanics for a couple of minutes and then I can go, you know, turn that switch again. And uh, I know who I need to jump for or double jump or flip. And I know who I can just approach from opposite of ball cam. And yeah. They won't jump at all. I think, um, you know, going back to what you said a while ago about trial and error, and just being willing to understand that like whatever result happens in a specific game or a specific circumstance doesn't necessarily designate or like define who you are as a player because you've you're giving yourself it's it's like you're learning on the job right you're willing yep. to sacrifice some MMR points now for the greater good of becoming grand champ later like you had to give up a lot of goals and miss a lot of demos and make a lot of teammates angry along the way. <laughs> yeah. There was a getting... lot of, yeah. Season to... 13, I spent, a, I spent quite a bit of time in like early season 13 and like almost all of season 12 and early season 13 was a lot of just, just demo. And it was almost all in competitive twos and threes. And uh, yeah, I spent, I spent all of season 12 in uh, like champ one and then in early season 13, it was champ one, champ two. And then I started to go into the champ two, champ three range. And then season 14 was GC. So like there was, there was basically one season where it was like, this is, this is the season to figure it out. Yeah. And I, I think that's so interesting because there are so many people, I, the, the mental block that exists at like diamond three fascinates me because you look at every season at the rank breakdown 
and it's going down, 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 down because there's fewer and fewer players. And then a diamond three, it goes up Yeah, <laughs> because there's just something I, I guarantee it. You know, if you could survey diamond three, it, they just get so nervous. Uh, and I, I, w- I was there, like I can speak from experience and, you know, I'd be, I'd be curious to know your experience as well. Like there's something really nerve wracking about getting into champ for the first time. Like the first time that I was in a place that I could actually, you know, rank up into champ from diamond three, it was nerve wracking. And when I did it for the first, I was thrilled. I was like, I'm finally champ. Like I'm yeah. finally making it, uh, I feel very accomplished. Yeah. I, I, I remember that, like getting into plat was like, uh, whatever getting into diamond was uh whatever. But when, when you hit champ, for the first yeah. time it was like all right yeah i'm i'm good and it, you know it, it <laughs> then act, you realize like it actually, that you got a long way to go <laughs> and then and then you get there and like you almost forget what it's like to work to like notice your mistakes to try and improve on some and by your i mean me like and i've kind of been in the same area for years now um and it's like, I just forgot what it was like to really pay attention to my mistakes and try and improve. And now that like, I'm actually like, oh, you know what? I suck at putting a shot on goal. Like I, my accuracy is pitiful. And then I go into a training pack and work on that. And now I'm more confident and actually like winning games. And I have felt a lot better now than I have in a long time. And I think there's a lot to be said about constantly being in a mindset of trial and error and just like willing being willing to sacrifice some MMR now for the greater gain later because if you lose games now you learn from those mistakes like you say to yourself I messed that up I want to work on it next time and then you continue to work on it like you will rank up and I think that uh you know though it is to the detriment and frustration of many, like you are an amazing example of that. Uh, and, and getting to where you are, uh, because like you're willing to like own your mistakes and, and then correct them. Uh, and I, I wish that I had taken up that mantle (laughs) a lot sooner than, you know, two months ago. Yeah. There was a video with, I think it was Floomp and OSM. I think, I know for sure OSM uh, because it was OSM that said it. And uh, what he said is he he treats every game. And, you know, you're talking about one of the you know top 100 players in the world. Uh, every game winning and losing doesn't matter to him. Uh, if he can feel like he played well and he can feel like he is improving, then what's what's the like win or loss matter? Which at his level, I think it's a lot easier to do that. Uh, but I know, like, like uh, you know, you get Grand Champ and under, and you know, even like people that are Grand Champ three and under, like MMR is something tangible to say we're improving. But mm. I try and keep it in the other perspective of, well, how accurate is it? Because I was GC and twos in season one while I was diamond three and threes, <laughs> you know, right. and I could not win. I, I, I literally could just not win in threes. 
but mm-hmm. like I, it felt almost like smurfing because I could just noticeably, and I, I got the least amount of demos ever in season one out of like seasons in my demo grinding because, uh, I would, I played a lot of threes, but I just couldn't go for them because I was always trying to carry and I just could not win. But then I would play twos and I would be able to go over and win. So like, it's important. And I, I knew I was improving. Like I could tell in my gameplay, I was improving. So I think, I think it's a very important aspect to keep in mind as people are going up the rank ladder, as long as you like, remember MMR is just a number, but like think of MMR isn't the tangible result of how good you are. Like your tangible result is you playing and whether Mm -hmm. you feel like you're improving. And like, I think if you get that mindset, you're going to be just happier overall Mm -hmm. playing the game. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm doing well. Oh, lost that game. Oh, well, like keep going and just improve. It's a grind. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's all about the grind. And I think, I think not basing, not measuring your results Measure by MMR, that's fine. Don't measure on a night to night basis. Like, oh, I'm gonna rank up tonight. Like No, no. If you lose fifteen games, like it's frustrating, especially if you're, you know, a competitive person. Right. But like just <laughs> all right. One night doesn't we'll, matter. We'll get, it a, we'll, we'll get it another night. Yeah. You know? Exactly. If if you're focused on improvement on a consistent basis, you might go down a hundred MMR one night, but then by the end of the season, if it's been a constant focus on I messed up on that, I'm going to work on it now. By the end of the season, just like your results in season 12, you're champ one. Season 13, you're champ three. Season 14, you're GC. And then you're GC in some things moving forward and Diamond 3 and other things. But yeah, like I've, I've been the, able to maintain, the improvement but... <laughs> is consistent. Yeah. And it, you're gauging that over the span of a four-month season as opposed to every single night. Because if you're gauging quote unquote improvement by MMR every night, it's going to be a nightmare. Like nobody could have fun doing that. No. And I mean, with as maybe, maybe early on when you're learning the game, like that's obviously your fastest like growth rate and improvement. But I mean, there comes a point where it's like, okay, you're probably going to be stuck in this like 50 MMR range for the next month or two. (laughs) you know that's just what it's gonna be Mm -hmm. and if you get so focused on like i can't get like past this like mmr threshold like you're you're gonna get burnt out and not enjoy the game yes so there comes one where you just have to be realistic i i think it happens to everybody like this happened to me i I think it happens to everybody and once you you know you take a break you get some perspective and you're like okay like you know this is okay (laughs) i'm still fine where is your mmr like where are you rank wise now uh i mean i can tell you exactly i have my rl tracker in a tab here not great i can tell you that (laughs) uh so i you had a little bit of a losing streak uh (laughs) a little bit is an understatement uh so i was gc in twos and threes oh right because you at, said at the same now time you're in champ three uh, i'm in champ three and twos uh i am i am in champ two and threes <laughs> i am and it says lost streak six <laughs> right next to All it right. there on two on two it says lost streak one but i can get a little bit better of a gauge here um yeah it was a 
two day time period, I I lost a uh, hundred and fifty MMR. Wow, in threes, nice. Yeah, I mean it. I didn't care as much. Like I already had my GC rewards at that point, right? Like yeah. I got them from twos and threes. So like, I don't know. Like uh, my GC title was locked up for the season. So like, uh, I get you know a couple of those nights were just playing with friends and like, okay, whatever, we deranked. You know, yeah. like there was a little bit of that in there, and then there were other solo queuing, and it was just like oh, I can't win. It just happens. But like I, well, I just know like, like uh, I think Hoodie actually <laughs> said it the best: "You lose until you win." <laughs> you know, like eventually you'll just derank enough to where you're just so much better than everybody, you'll win and go back up. Yeah. Like, um, so it's okay to derank because you'll eventually win and go back up. <laughs> it's you- temporary. Did you finish season two higher than you finished season one? Uh, so that's the best part is I have like plateaued at the same MMR threshold for four seasons straight now. Okay. And it's right in that, it's right in that 1530 to 1550. Usually I'll get in the 1540s and I'll float around there and mm-hmm. then I'll go on some losing streak one night and that'll be the end of my season. And how do you feel about that? uh like are you to the point where you're pretty satisfied with what you're doing as a rocket league player are you still like i want more yes and no i think uh there comes a point where like unless like i I make nowhere near enough off of like streaming and youtube to do it full time right but if if i were able to do that i think i would have enough spare time to actually play the game to where like I could improve and get past that threshold. But there comes a time where you just have so many things going on in life. Like, you know, you have a job and then you're doing content on YouTube and then you're streaming, you're keeping up with Twitter and then you're trying to play casually also just to de-stress because you enjoy playing the game to where I'm good yeah. <laughs> where I'm at right now. Like, yeah. like, uh, like a lot of the de-ranking and like comes sometimes from just because I'm trying to grind out a lot of videos and mm-hmm. put out a lot of content and you're investing your time into that. There's, there's a reason like uh, some content creators just start falling in rank <laughs> and it's because like, it's just where your focus and time you're spending a lot of time on the game, but your your focus on the game and your hours in the game are not geared towards improving or uh, going up in rank, whatever. I think sledge, Actually, he always gets his rewards in like the last week of the season because he's just been grinding content the whole season. So Uh I think the last two seasons he's had like less than 50 ranked games played. He'll like grind out his. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know for sure on the stats on that. I just know he spends the majority of the season unranked Hmm. because he just doesn't play that many games. And when he does, it's like it's on stream and it's private. Yeah. Which I, which I, I mean, good for him. He's, he's found his place. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just what you have your time to invest into. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't make content, then like if I didn't make any content and the amount of hours I put into making content, if I were to put that in a rocket league, yeah, I'd probably go up in rank. Yeah. But like my plateau of where I'm at and being able to maintain that comfortably with like, still putting out content is I think, I think a good balance. Yeah. And I think if you can be I mean, GC and be a content creator and you're not doing it full time, I think that's, that's solid. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not bad at all. Like, uh, I mean, think about sunless, 
Like he's right. even full time, but like he's been right around my MMR threshold. I think maybe a little bit higher because he's a little bit uh, mechanically better than I am. Uh, but like how many seasons? Uh, I want to say like four, five, six, maybe yeah. that he, he's been right around the same area. And it's just, you, it comes a, a time management thing. It's like, well, I, <laughs> I would have to sacrifice some quality over here to put more quality into this. And exactly. You know, if you can balance it, then I think that should be encouraged. Whoa, 100%. I think as long as you're happy, yeah. like at the end of the day, priority <laughs> is with happiness. If yeah. you're happy with where you are, then more power to you. Uh, and I can 100% say that I am not happy with where I am <laughs> skill-wise. Like, I yeah. and it's it's been a tough balance for me to like mentally figure out how to make it all work in terms of like, because we've been sitting here talking for almost an hour and 40 minutes. And I know that like, I want to get better at the game. And that's an hour and 40 minutes that I could have sat and worked on dribbling and my flicks and my car control, and my ball control, which I know needs work. And I want to work on it because I was watching Randy for an hour today. And that guy's a <laughs> nut job. And I want to be more uh, like him. But I also have a podcast that I got to put out. So, you know, figuring out a way to like make all of that work is a big goal of mine because I, I want to get better. Um, and you know, wherever you land, whether that's in GC or diamond, if you're happy playing the game, more power to you. Don't feel like you need to rank up just because I have a podcast about like, you know, and exactly right. 100%. (laughs) 100%. Right. And it, it took me a long time to not just like come to that conclusion, but also, be like i would almost say that part of me wasn't ranking up because i was so unhappy about where my rank was yeah i mean it, it's just all becomes your focus and if you can change your mindset about the game and part of that i think is just like you you play the game long enough to where you just realize it's like i just you can't keep that mindset of like your happiness with the game revolves around your mmr like you yeah. can't if you keep that mindset like throughout your entire time playing the game, you'll, you'll stop playing the game. 100%. Cause like, it's not a tangible thing to yeah. like your actual gameplay. Yeah. We all like it. We all like having, you know, yeah. higher MMRs or like peeking out one night and it's way higher. Like that, that does, that's definitely more enjoyable it, than losing. Nobody likes losing. For sure. Yeah. But like you can't, you can't let that be the sole factor. Like mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I, I, my rank literally didn't move and I've been playing for three hours, but did I have fun? Okay. <laughs> like, questionable. <laughs> Hopefully. Questionable. Questionable. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, um, speaking of an hour and 40 minutes, I don't, if you have made it this far in the podcast, please let me know. Cause these shows have been sneaking longer and longer and longer and i don't mind it uh i woody i hope that you haven't mind it going on this long uh no, i didn't really good conversation good i'm <laughs> i'm glad that, i'm glad that you enjoyed yeah. it and i hope uh that if you felt otherwise you would be honest with me um i will but... once once you push stop recording <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but let me know uh 
out on the internet how you feel about these because they have been going longer and I enjoy it. Uh, I'm just curious because you, I, I think when I initially started this and like when you listen to podcasts, Woody, I don't know if you listen to other podcasts, but it seems like there's this uh, kind of feeling that like a podcast is an hour long or, you know, it's like a half an hour, 40, like somewhere around there. It might have been trickling up and up and up over the past few weeks, but I don't feel like it has been unenjoyable. So I'm curious to get some thoughts out there on the Internet, but I am going to start winding this one down because um, I think pushing two hours would be just a little bit too much. But uh, I don't know if you remember from uh, your you said that you listened to the Hootie Who episode. I do end every episode the same way. Um, I'm not going to quiz you. I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, this is your opportunity to share any final thoughts uh, with the Infinite Boost audience. I would say that your questions uh, were very unique. And that's coming from someone who gets a ton of questions about their gameplay. And I've done interviews uh, with lots of different people. And I had like, I knew the answers to your questions, but I had just never been asked about or even like consciously thought like, oh, I need to express this to people like you. So your your line of questioning was very informative and uh, deeper than I've had before. And I, I, that's, I think that's what I enjoyed most about the conversation. And I, I think I saw you take quite a bit of notes and we circled back to a lot of things and we went deeper down some paths. So uh, if you're listening and enjoying, make sure you keep listening and enjoying because uh, you're only going to improve at this. Like anybody else, they get better at what they're doing. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And um Actually, one thing that kind of kicked me into gear, it's funny that you say that because I, I unfortunately haven't been streaming much recently, but plan to get more into that as well. But I would have people come into my stream and be like, oh man, I love your podcast. I just hit GC for the first time. And I'm like, there's, I've had like five people come to my stream and say <laughs> they've hit GC and I'm still in champ one. <laughs> I need well, to go back and to listen to my you. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just start at episode one and just put that on as you go into free play and you'll be GC in no time. Right? What am I doing <laughs> wrong? I need to listen to myself. Yeah. Well, they're uh, but, listening to you as they play. Right? And you can't listen to you as you record, so that's what the difference is. <laughs> that That's it. I need to just go listen back to myself and maybe I'll learn a thing or two. Um, but again, it's mostly about the guests. I think they get... Like, I just... I just I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to interact with so many different people. And even though I kind of talk about the same thing every week, getting all of the different perspectives um, has has really been a joy. So uh, I appreciate you, uh, especially as I led into this episode, um, you being the quote unquote controversial player <laughs> that you are. I appreciate you yes. uh, taking the time to do it and and share your thoughts with me and and sharing this conversation with me because it's, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, not that I'm sure 99% of the people uh, that listen to this show, uh, if they don't already follow you, they know exactly who you are. But where can people find you on the internet, maybe in some places that they don't know that you are more active or trying to be more active? Uh, 
really, if you just search Woody and Rocket League on any platform, uh, I'll be the I'll be the top search result on anything. Uh, my ads are mostly the same, but like going and listing that all out, like it's easy to remember. Just search Woody and Rocket League. It's are you on top. TikTok? Uh, yes, but I don't really do much on there. <laughs> that blows my mind. I feel like you'd be so. So that's like, what everybody says, and they're right. I just don't. <laughs> and they're right. <laughs> yeah, you have 16,000 followers on on TikTok. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of posts get removed on there. Removed? Yeah, I get reported and removed. Uh, a lot of it's like me memeing people like uh, you know my normal content but i'll get reported for bullying and harassment oh and and i've oh i've appealed and said like i've told them that i'm actually the target (laughs) this isn't me in the video saying these things like the, the they're saying them about me and this this is the satire and the joke and this that's the content and they say they review it and they review my appeals and it still consider that uh like that i'm bullying which is weird when what's being said about me yeah my people in game it's like i don't know like i'm just kind of chilling i mean (laughs) so that's 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 the interesting part of the whole thing because okay going back to like the whole perspective of the like and Granted, some of the things that people say about you or say to you, <laughs> like I do not condone, like I'm very much for like treating people with respect and dignity and kindness and like being like, we're all on the same team. Like, let's all like, and we need granted, those people to make fun of, huh? They serve. We need those people. That way we have some uh, comedic relief and for the memes. Wait, so they which, serve a purpose. which people? the uh the bullying and harassment <laughs> people well, and it's it's interesting because again like i don't necessarily like when people say awful things to other people even if it's like through the anonymity anon being anonymous An- anonymity yeah An- anonymous yeah. we'll go with that anonymous. that a word <laughs> uh that a word um but like it's interesting because that's not right and you're right in that they are saying that to you. And at the same time, I'm going to say this and it's kind of right and kind of not right, but like you're instigating it, but you're just playing the game. Like you're playing the game in a way that's unconventional, but you're like, you're provoking and you're not necessarily, I mean, you're not like doing it so that people get angry and tell you to do awful things to yourself but that is the result uh that's a pretty big misconception that a lot of people have is like it's like uh and i've had to tell like even like followers of mine and fans they'll they'll tell me like oh i i got a bunch of demos this game and i got reactions out of people like okay but that's not the goal right (laughs) let's just establish that that's that's just a byproduct that's a byproduct that's fun and we make jokes about it and I mean, I won't lie, people that like start spamming or typing, like if I have a choice between demoing them or their opponent, like I'm going to choose them every time because I'm already in their head. Like if I can get more in their head, they're just going to play worse. So there's this strategic advantage. But yeah. like, it is targeting them because they're already mad 
And if they just happen to say worse things than they already were, well, then that's just a funny byproduct. But yeah, it's it's not the the goal. The goal is always winning and just doing it uh, in an unorthodox fashion. Do you feel like, uh, do you listen to stand up or do you like watch comedy or any? Uh, a little bit. I'm a Joe Rogan fan. Okay. So like, like you. Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle. Uh, those are two of my. Okay. I, I guess I'm curious if like, and I haven't listened to a ton of, I know Joe Rogan and a little bit, but like, would you say like you enjoy comedy a little bit more on the edgy side of things? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, uh, comedy is supposed to be edgy. Like, if it's not edgy, it's like, that's where the funny comedy lies. And there's lines, you know, obviously that you can't cross, but like, that's where the, the like golden line of, uh, comedians lies. If they can walk that edgy, fine line. Have you, have well. you watched Bo Burnham specials on Netflix? I have not. Oh is man. He, is he see someone I need to look up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah. Um, Dave Chappelle walks that line and even goes over it a lot of times, but I mean, Dave there Chappelle. are those people that can do <laughs> that know? though, yeah. like, and do it eloquently. And obviously yeah. Dave Chappelle yeah. is, has mastered that much like you have mastered the demo. He demos people's sensibilities <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with words. Yes, he does. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, and I, I think getting a reaction out of people, uh, is interesting. Um, and I, I think there, and again, like it, it's, it's almost like the, the byproduct of like what you're doing. You're like, you're not doing it to get that, but it's happening. But then there's also uh, that human factor of like you sharing that and it being funny and people liking that. And then it motivates people to demo because it evolves into that reaction. Yeah. The best I can do is just like, uh, just like you know. say, encourage I, people I have, like I, that yeah, is not have, the goal. Like, I have like my definitive stance and strategy and I guess my, uh, my messaging, if you will, like my public <laughs> message of yeah. like what what I do and what it's about. And I mean like I I can't control what totally. everybody does in the world. I I can Amen. You know my stance and like you know if you're a true fan then you understand that. But like I mean not everybody's a hardcore competitive player. If someone like they find fun and going into casual matches and you know they're the bronze or silver silver level just going around demoing people you don't have to stay in that match. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I've had matches, especially in cat, even ranked. I've had ranked matches where like the other team is having fun with it. And like everybody just starts ignoring the ball and it's just a complete demo fest and the ball just stays <laughs> in the center unless it gets, accidentally gets hit. I mean, th those are few and far between, but I've had it happen. Like those are yeah. the people that are like, yeah, well, this is fun. Let's just do this. That's funny. So yeah. uh, speaking of TikTok and demos, I just saw a TikTok from waiting about a uh a map that is like a sumo wrestling map where you have to like hit people out yeah. of the ring and fall off 
uh, that's something I don't want to do with you. <laughs> I feel like I would be at an extreme disadvantage on know. that map. If you if you dodge correctly, like I'll just go flying past and fall off the map. Fair <laughs> enough, but I think you would anticipate that dodge, and I would have to like, I don't know, <laughs> ten, five or seven next yeah. level you and I just. I'd make people work for it. <laughs> yes, yeah. amen. <laughs> All right. So speaking of that, uh, go follow on TikTok. Go follow everywhere because um, I know that uh, he would certainly appreciate it. Um, and then last but not least, uh, a question for the audience. My question to them? You get to ask the audience a question. Yes. Ooh. Are demos toxic? <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'll, I'll ask a loaded one. <laughs> what do you think? No. Yeah. They're, they're incapable. Something that is purposely programmed in the game by the developers that's been around since before Rocket League was even a thing. Back when Supersonic, Acrobatic, Cars, that long title. Demos were a thing. They've been around since the dawn of time of the game. So, like, they're here to stay. It's yeah. it's not <laughs> that they are toxic. It's the emotion that you put on them. Yeah, well, it's the is, person that, that decides to use part. it. Yeah. <laughs> You can choose not to use it. Using it's toxic. Using demos? I'm joking. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, wait, hold on. Yeah, wait we a need second. to start over. The plot twist. <laughs> hold on a second. You've, you've been completely juking me this whole episode. <laughs> I'm actually a giant a-hole and I love destroying people's <laughs> self-esteem. Crushed. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I, I think if that were the case, uh, I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if you had just been like <laughs> toying with me this this whole No, no. I'm, I'm fairly, fairly authentic. Yeah. Gosh, Actually, mostly wow. authentic. I don't think you should say fairly authentic. Those I'm, are two words. Those are two when words. I want to be. <laughs> Those are two words that are probably, that's not an adverb that you put before that. I am an authentic person I'm 99% of the time. Authentic. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. Cool. Well, this is this is this has been a lot of fun. I again really appreciate your willingness to come uh, hang out and and chat with me about all of these things. And I I did my best to try and find some questions that may not be. And I, I didn't dig up every interview or think about like all the tweets or streams or YouTube videos that you might have put out on this stuff. But try to at least you know look at things a little bit differently. So. I'm glad you didn't feel like uh, you were just a broken record again uh, for these conversations or these these questions and, and genuinely appreciate uh, being able to talk to you about all this stuff. No, it was really good. I It made me enjoy the conversation a lot that I didn't have to be a broken record or repeat a lot of answers and actually had to think about some things. Like, made it very engaging. So kudos good. on you. It was good. Oh, good. Great. I'm... It's, it's a win for everybody. So thank you again. Um, be sure to uh, thank Woody uh, for doing this and, and drop him a follow if you haven't already. Um, and, and that's that. And as always, Woody, thank you. Thank you for the boost. <laughs> thank you for having me.